One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's just about recognizing that these kids all have strengths and passionate interests. And if you can identify what these are, and help them strengthen them. It really does help with their self confidence as well. Currently, one in 100 Australians have autism spectrum disorder. Autism is a developmental disorder that affects the individual's communication and socialization skills. It is a spectrum as it affects people differently. So, for many on the spectrum, socializing can be a real struggle. That is why Laura Lewis from Bayside decided to create the social group What's Your Superpower, a community organisation that provides children with autism a safe place to socialise and have fun with no judgement, and also a supportive place for the families. She decided to create this group as her son Clay is on the autism spectrum. I spoke to Laura about the challenges she faced in the early years when first discovering Clay had autism and also about how and why she decided to create What's Your Superpower. This is Laura Lewis. Before you had Clay, did you have any experience or any knowledge about the autistic autism spectrum? No, the only knowledge and experience I had was at high school in grade 11 reading a book called Dibs in Search of Self, and it painted such a bleak picture of autism, and that's all I really had any knowledge of, oh, and Rain Man the movie. And then when you had Clay, do you remember what your first experiences were when realising and finding out from the doctors that he had autism? Okay, so it was about an 18-month process to get him diagnosed. And the first signs were that he was unable to transition onto solid foods, um, which was part of sensory processing disorder, which is um, something many autistic people have. And then from there, we saw an occupational therapist and a paediatrician and went down the diagnostic process. And at the age of two, he was diagnosed with autism. And I left the paediatrician's office with a piece of paper with the word autism written on it and no resources or advice. How did you research and find out more what actually Um, was autism? Well, we were living in Mackay and away from family. And pretty much when you Googled it, Autism Queensland was the body that came up as this um, support in the state. And at that stage, although they're now around the country, uh, sorry, around the state everywhere, but then they were only in Brisbane and all our family were in Brisbane. So we decided that we would move back to Brisbane to um, have better access to support and family support. And then when you came to Brisbane, did you find there was a lot of support for you? We'll have nothing to compare it to. You know, I think we appreciated the support we received. Clay started attending a playgroup at Autism Queensland and then eventually did 12 months of early intervention, um, which is a program I think they still run now. And um, he was able to attend an SEDU, which is Special Education Development Unit, now currently known as an ECDP, Early Childhood Development Program. And that's before school age that you attend that. And it's just a a general form of um, intervention and also opportunity to socialise with peers. And Mm. I really loved the SEDU. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
And then for those that do not know, what exactly is the autism spectrum and what is the biggest misconception that you've realised over the past uh, 14 years that you've come to realise from that? Um, So the autism spectrum means that people will be um, very, very different. You'll have... like. Unfortunately, there is labels used as well, and and it can get political. Some people are very anti the labels and and saying high functioning and low functioning. But 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 basically, what it means is, autistic people all have certain challenges and barriers they need to overcome, and they all need support. Now, what level of support and what level um, their challenges and barriers are will be distinctly different per person. So you will have a nonverbal person who will be able to communicate. Like nonverbal just because they don't speak out their mouth doesn't mean they don't communicate. They can hear um, and 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 understand what you're talking about in if so you shouldn't be talking about someone in the room just because they can't speak through their mouth. Um, so with Clay he would be considered high functioning. Uh, he, he was nonverbal uh, probably up to the, about the age of five or six. What I've found is that your two-year-old who has just been diagnosed and who may have extreme anxiety, which then um, plays out with the way their behaviour is, which is generally very beha- um, very challenging, that two-year-old is not going to be what your 16-year-old looks like. Mm-hmm. So we've always offered a lovely, stable, um, stress-free home for our son um, and we've found that by managing his anxieties um, we manage his behaviour. And what were some of the biggest struggles that you've experienced since when Clay started school? Yeah, so um, at prep it was pretty good. In fact, primary school mostly was a very lovely experience for Clay. But every year the older he got the gap between his social skills and the social skills of his peers widened. Mm -hmm. And um, although I don't think it was really much of an issue for Clay, um, I saw him not getting invited to birthday parties and not being included in um, social, you know, organised social events outside the school. And that meant that also us as parents were isolated and excluded as well and so it was a pretty lonely um, time and and, you know even now with him in high school it is also very lonely and you do feel quite isolated um, as parents. Mm -hmm. And then how did the school cope with Clay? Did they were they very assisting with him or how was that? Uh, Primary school was great didn't prepare us for high school though. Yeah. So I mean the primary school and high school are very different. So with primary school, it's an open door policy. Parents can walk into classrooms and there's only one teacher or you can walk into um, the unit where your child may access as well and you're welcome anytime and they have the time to talk to you. Whereas at high school the high school Clay goes to, it's a very large high school. They have a lot of students and they simply don't have the time to give you. Um, there's more than one teacher, although he does have a case manager and we do have a good relationship with her, but it's just, it's it's a, a different environment. Like it's not that close nurturing parent environment that you had at, at primary school. So mm. I wasn't prepared for that and I had no idea that it would be so different. And that was really hard to get used to. So what made you decide then to create the social program? What's your superpower then? So 
Clay went on a camp in May, I think, or April, um, with the ICANN network. Now, they're mostly based in Victoria, and the ICANN network, the CEO, Chris Varney, is autistic, mm. and I believe, if not all, the majority of staff are autistic. And I just love that. I love that. They're Clay's peers, and they're his role models. So I'm not autistic, and while I'm his parent and I love him dearly, I don't actually understand what being autistic feels like. Mm-hmm. So I've always spent time trying to follow autistic adults who self-advocate on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Jeanette Perkis is one. Jeanette is a great self-advocate. Anyway, back to the ICANN Network and the camp. So Clay went along to this, this weekend camp. It was three days. And all of a sudden he realised that there are kids out there who are autistic like him and they are really, really cool like him. And he gets on with them and relates to them. And it was really important to him that he reaches out to them and finds them. So we visited a um, social group on the north side and it was a brilliant social group. But I just thought, oh, I don't want to travel, you know, every week to the north side. I mean, it's not that far, but, you know, local would be lovely if we could get something local up and running because I believe there would be a need in our community. So I thought, oh, yeah, how hard can that be? (laughs) I'll start one. (laughs) Anyway, it's been a lot of hard work and I've got... um, co-founders who support me um deb and her husband jeff and then my husband warren so the four of us um now are on the board of directors for what's your superpower Mm -hmm. and we work really really hard to make sure that every friday night we have a group that where everyone is welcome including people who are not autistic so it's it's an we demand inclusion in our community and we can't demand it if we don't offer it Mm -hmm. So it's open house. Anyone can come along. And when families walk into our Friday nights at the Waterloo Bay Leisure Centre in Wynnum, you can see some of these kids visibly just sigh, like in relief. And it's a community where anything goes uh, um, and the rules are kindness. You Mm -hmm. just have to be kind and accepting. And autistic behaviour, which in a lot of ways is is not accepted in the main or mainstream, if you want to use those kind of words. Things like stimming. Now, stimming is a repetitive behaviour like arm flapping or fidgeting. There's lots of ways, different ways people stim and even non-autistic people do stim as well. And so that's not really accepted uh, at schools and, and, and other I guess, social areas. So things like that, we say stimming is welcome. Any kind of behavior that doesn't hurt someone else is welcome. There's no judgment. And we suddenly realized after the first night that because it's a family environment, siblings were connecting with other siblings and they were suddenly realizing they were talking to people who understood what their lives looked like because they were living that life. And families and parents were also sitting down with each other and just having a really lovely conversation about maybe sharing ideas, advice. The NDIS is a very big hot topic at the moment for a lot of parents. Or talking about something other than autism because it's really good to not talk about it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a holistic support group. How did you come up with the name What's Your Superpower? 
What is the meaning behind that name? Okay. Now, not all all autistic people have a superpower. I can assure you that many autistic people are pretty ordinary people. I chose what's your superpower mostly because one of our goals is to make autism cool. And so, like, we're getting starting to get some merchandise done and, and shirts and stuff printed up. And so, like, for my son, for instance, he likes to play a sim i racing sim racing game, car racing game online, and it's called iRacing. So, we got a t-shirt printed up saying "I burn rubber iRacing." What's your superpower? So, it's not necessarily that it's a really significant superpower that's going to change the world or can you know turn invisible or you know that kind of thing it's just about recognizing that these kids all have strengths and passionate interests and if you can identify what these are and help them strengthen them it really does help with their self-confidence as well and you spoke earlier about how when you're in when um, clay was in school you also you also yourself felt a bit excluded from you know being in the social groups with the parents yeah. how is it then now for parents now with what's your superpower they come to this weekly event how does it feel for all the parents to also come together and as well feel included because they can discuss autism openly yeah. with no judgment it feels great and and a couple of the families who come along are reasonably new to the area as well so um, it's been a really good way for them to establish uh, a network of friends and what we're starting to see like in the school holidays gone we saw some members because we've got a closed group on Facebook so we saw um, a little bit of chit chat about a couple of members suggesting getting together and going and doing um, some school holiday activities Uh, I can't remember because my kids are older and not interested in that um, kind of activity but they were for, were for younger kids and I just said oh this is awesome that you know these people who four months ago didn't know each other are now actually organising events in the school holidays because I know for, for my own children that school holidays are a pretty I mean we always do stuff but it's always just the three of us it's you know very very rare that well, it's never. We never would hang out with other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to know that socialising is starting to happen outside of the group is just a great – it's great to know it's happening. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the amazing Laura Lewis. Make sure you visit the Facebook page, What's Your Superpower Social Group, for more information on the community organisation. This podcast was produced and hosted by myself, Demi Lynch. Make sure you follow the Nasty Woman Club on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes.